It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hey, everyone. This is... The CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB, one of the CPG Guys. Unfortunately, my co-host couldn't join me today, but more on that later. Uh, I want to remind everyone in our audience before we get to our guests that our all of our content, our profitability series, our women's leadership series, our founders series, and our retailer series, all of that can be found. It's on cpgguys.com. And of course, we are an audience-driven podcast. We want your feedback in order to guide who we invite on and what we talk about. The best way to do that is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash CPG guys. Leave us a rating and most importantly, a review where you tell us what you're looking for. That'll be great. All right. Now on to our guests. 
Our guest, our first guest is the founder and CEO of Bobsled Marketing, an agency that helps brands focus on all components of successful Amazon and increasingly other marketplace presences, include paid advertising, organic marketing, operations, brand protection, and customer service. She also hosts her own podcast called the E-Commerce Brain Trust, and she's here today with her colleague and co-author to speak about their new book called Instacart for CMOs. Please join me and Shree in absence in welcoming Kiri Masters and Stefan Jordan. Kiri, Stefan, how are you doing today? Thanks, Peter. Yeah, I'm. I'm totally not taking it personally that Shri hasn't hasn't shown up for our conversation. I'll, I'll uh, have to hit gonna, him up about gonna, that later. You and I are going to tease him incessantly about this, <laughs> Kiri. I mean, this is this is this is a major faux pas. But in any event, Stefan, how are you doing today? Doing very well, Peter. Thank. Hey guys. Me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Before we get started, our audience loves to multitask. So can you tell our audience where they can actually find your wonderful new book, Instacart for CMOs? Well, you can't get it on Instacart, but you can get it on Amazon.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's available as a Kindle and as a paperback version. You should be able to get both in whichever country you're, um, you're in. Oh, the irony, Kiri. Oh, the irony. Going to a different platform to talk about it, but... I want to get to the questions in a second. I'll just say uh, thank you for the advanced copy. I ripped through it, was absolutely enthralled, so much so that the minute it was available on Amazon, I bought a Kindle edition myself. So gave you a five-star rating. Thank you. authentic review. In any event, let's get on to the questions. What prompted you to pick Instacart and focus on them versus any of the other marketplaces or retailers? Yeah, well, twenty. The conversation first started up between me and Stefan in uh, late 2020. There was so much of a shift towards um, home delivery, grocery last year. Obviously, with the pandemic, Instacart just has you know been around for quite some time now, but really burst onto the radar of of CPG brands last year. Um, for two reasons. One was the pandemic and two was the launch of their self-serve ad platform in May. And so both of those things together really prompted um, a lot of brands to look at Instacart as a viable um, channel, viable marketing channel, recognising that so much uh, shopping behaviour was shifting over there. At the same time, being a relatively new channel with a, a very new advertising platform in particular, there was no playbook for how do we do Instacart as a brand? There was really nothing out there. And so as an agency, we were speaking with clients and prospects about Instacart and had developed a relationship with the Instacart team, but we were writing our own playbook as well. So Stefan and I got together to... Um, to figure out what kind of could we do a, 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 a redo of Amazon for CMOs, which is a book that I co-authored a couple of years ago now, um, and provide an executive level playbook that would still be provide enough practical, tactical insight of how to get going. So um, that is the background from my perspective. And, and Stefan, Stefan was really involved with um, particularly the early stages of the book. So, Stefan, what 
um, what got you excited about this project? Yeah, thanks, Kiri. I think the, the biggest piece of it, the, the one thing I would add here is we didn't want to make this just our point of view. We didn't want to share what we thought was important about Instacart. So we actually got on to interview several industry solutions, several brands. We spoke to multinational brands. We spoke to a couple of smaller ones. We interviewed a couple of service providers such as Profitero and PackView. And I think this is what actually shaped out the book. This is what made the book what it is because we were able to generate a, a lot of early opinions. We were able to generate a lot of points of view on advertising, how Instacart fits within an organization and everything that seems to interest brands and solution providers at the moment. And honestly, I hadn't really realized the impact that Instacart had in the beginning, but just learning about it, going through it and realizing the potential that it has. I mean, being available to about 85% of US households and about 70% of Canadian households, it really, I think that really uh, is an eye opener for me and everybody uh, learning about Instacart at the moment. I mean, building partnership relationship with with nine out of 10 of the major retailers in uh, the US is not something you can do overnight. What does an ideal surround sound brand focus look like on Instacart? So basically, um, I, I would like to start with this. Um, Instacart is a bit unique just because the retailers are at the center of the relationship. You know, those are the ones that have the relationship with the inventory. Those are the ones that at the moment have control over the content, although, although I, I think that that might change soon. So this is the how brands would get involved with Instacart is primarily around advertising at the moment. And I just think uh, this is what I'm always trying to emphasize as much as possible. Getting started on Instacart advertising at the moment is very profitable. I just think everybody we spoke to during the interviews about the book, anything we've learned and even clients at Bothlet, our early experience shows a lot of uh, great ROI when it comes to Instacart. But the point I'm trying to emphasize is, in addition to this, in addition to being able to spend $10 and generate $100 in sales there, it comes with a great early mover advantage. Um, I think this is uh, from Instacart directly, but by a customer's 10th order, 25% of purchases are coming from what you've bought before those, not just that Instacart gives customers to reorder a product they've purchased before. So getting there early, Investing in future products as early as possible, generating those early sales would be the main component of it. And then, of course, content as with any marketplace. Um, as I mentioned, content is a bit tricky. You do need uh, to use like a pr uh, product information management software at the moment to be able to uh, change that. Although, as I mentioned, I think this might change in the future. But at the moment, you can use a tool provider such as Salsify to be able to generate and own that content for the UPCs that you get listed on Instacart there. The Instacart ads retail media platform. What are some of the key components and what are some of the great features that you learned about during your research and speaking with people? Um, it's definitely an interesting one. It's in its early stage. So they only have the feature products as available campaign type at the moment. Uh, 
But what we've learned is, I, I covered some of this already, but it's very much ROI focused, very much ROI driven at the moment, which is a very interesting thing. But I also kind of consider it to be a little bit of a setback. You can't be too focused on ROI, especially if you're a brand advertising on Instacart. Um, if I were to compare it to Walmart's and Amazon's, definitely a lot of similarities there. They're using keyword targeting. Basically, featured products are the equivalent of sponsor products for both Walmart and Instacart. They do come with several differences. So, you know, that first uh, tire auction versus the second tire auction, Instacart at the moment only offers a certain match type. They only offer the exact match type available. So there are some nuances, some differences that advertising professionals need to learn. But overall, it's a very similar platform to what e-commerce professionals are probably used to advertising on marketplaces, and they can transfer knowledge to Instacart relatively easy. Yeah, I, I do think it has a, a, a bit of a, uh, a lot of improvement opportunities. It's still in its early stage. So I do think a lot of exciting features are coming on Instacart SoulSurf advertising. Talk to me about content on the platform. How important is it and who dictates the content? Is it the retail partner of Instacart or is it the brand? Yeah, in, in short, it's the retailer. And this is to um, one of Stefan's points earlier about um, the, the role of the retailer in Instacart's four-sided marketplace being pretty unusual in the world of marketplaces. So with Amazon, you've got a two-sided marketplace um, with Walmart, you've got a two-sided marketplace either between the seller and the shopper or in the case of Amazon 1P between Amazon and the shopper. In, with Instacart, there are four entities. There's the end, end, end consumer, the in-store shopper, the retailer, and the brand. And the retailer sits between the brand who's advertising and the end customer because the retailer is responsible for inventory, product content, which is your question, um, and availability, pricing, things like that. So that is, for a lot of brands, troublesome because you're, as a brand with other marketplaces, you're used to being able to control content, availability, pricing, et cetera, to, you know, some degree with Amazon in, in particular, that's always a, a point to be argued. But for the first, this is a unique situation where brands actually need to really understand where their retail partners are at with Instacart. Are they, how committed are they to Instacart as a, as a solution? Are they trying to build their own? Are they trying to get into some other white label kind of deal? There's varying levels of commitments and, um, you know, uh, opinions towards Instacart from the retailer's perspective. So understanding where they're at, where their technology is at, because a lot can break down between the retailer and Instacart. And it means that a brand's products are going to be completely dark in whole regions, for, for example. But to go back to, you know, your specific question, the, 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 the role of who owns the content that's really on the retailer's side, which, again, that's an uncomfortable position for brands because we've also seen in real life incorrect product information on Instacart or conflicting product information like the picture says 14 ounces and the product, the description says 
10 or something like that, which can be annoying for a customer. It might cause you to, to pass over that product. And in some cases with allergens and things like that, it can be dangerous or um, even um, illegal. So it is a concern that brands have that aspect of not being able to control the content. As Stefan mentioned, um, there are some workarounds through tools like Salsify, and um, it's something that we think may change in the future. Do you see Instacart being able to sustain its dominance and even its growth rate as the pandemic is likely going to subside later this summer? Well, I've seen those surveys, as I'm sure you have, about future you know, people predicting their future behaviour. Are you going to go back to stores and restaurants? Are you going to do this and that? And um, in general, we're pretty poor predictors of our future behaviour. So I don't think that we can, you know, really rely on on those studies too much. But there's two groups I I feel are going to, in particular, prop up um, Instacart and, and online grocery, which is seniors. and the younger generations. Instacart in particular has done a great job of um, working with seniors and they they have like a senior support line to help people with placing orders and with the technology, which is a really great initiative. Anecdotally, I've spoken with lots of people who have sort of trained their parents and grandparents on how to use Instacart and they're not going to just switch after this or go back to to shopping in a store. And then there's the younger generations, the teenagers and young adults who their their, um, context of shopping is that you're going to get something within two hours delivered to you, like whether that's a burrito or a, you know, your weekly shop. Um, so I think that those those two demographics in particular are not going to to move back towards in store shopping. For everyone else, perhaps a little bit of novelty going back to the grocery for the f- grocery store for the first time. But every time I have to go into a grocery store, I think I've done something really wrong with my planning this week. The fact that I have to be here, it's I view it as a personal punishment for not having planned my. My week well enough. So, yeah, that's just from my personal experience. Brands are reporting that Instacart's delivering astronomically great ROI on the campaigns that they're running. Is it your understanding that uh, that this is accurate or is this measurement not necessarily comparable to other retail media platforms? I would say the short answer is yes. I do think that the ROI that Instacart is generating at the moment is pretty amazing. And it is better when compared to, let's say, Amazon and Walmart. Um, I don't think there's a a simple answer to this question because there are a few nuances, especially I think one thing that inflates the ROI on Instacart is if you're advertising, only your sponsored ads are showing up, whereas on Amazon, you can see the sponsored and the organic results. Um, Obviously, there is a lot less competition on, on Instacart at the moment. So that usually means lower CPC rates and that usually means low, uh, a higher ROI. I really don't think we can compare them apples to apples at the moment just because there are they are focusing only on the lower funnel keyword targeting feature products. 
But if we were to compare them, <laughs> those numbers look a lot better on Instacart at the moment. I want to remind our audience that all of our content, our e-commerce profitability series, women's leadership series, retailer series, and our recent founder series, you can find that all. It's all for free. Just go to cpgguys.com. And while you're there, please leave us some feedback so we know that we're delivering to you the type of content, the type of guests that are relevant to you. Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash CPG guys and leave a review. And while you're there, feel free to leave a star rating there. We like the number five, but that's entirely up to you. In any event, Kiri and Stefan, I want to thank you guys both for joining us. We wish you the very best on the success of this book. Uh, I, I have been quoting it and referring to it in conversations for the better part of a couple of weeks since I got the advanced copy talking to people about what they need to be aware of. Can you remind our audience again where they can find this book if they want to either buy a hard copy or download a uh, Kindle version? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Peter. Um, You can find the book on Amazon. If you just search Instacart for CMOs, you'll be able to find a paperback or a Kindle version. That's great. And also, Kiri, can you remind people, uh, because we didn't talk too much about in this episode, where people can learn more about your agency, Bobsled Marketing? Yeah, thank you. So Bobsled Marketing, we're a um, a team of 35 marketplace specialists. We have our roots in Amazon operations, marketing and advertising. And over the last year or so, we've diversified over to Walmart and Instacart as well. So we do offer Instacart an Instacart advertising solution to, to brands you can learn more about our work at bobsledmarketing.com. And um, if you want to connect with Stefan or myself on LinkedIn, that's where we kind of hang out the most and share our news and insights as well. So feel free to look us up and send a connection request. Yeah. And to our audience inside of the podcast liner notes, you know, I love to insert all sorts of little Easter eggs. Of course, I will have links to Bobsled, to the book on Amazon, and to Kiri and Stefan's profiles on LinkedIn. So make sure to go open up the podcast, click on the actual description. You'll see a bunch of hyperlinks there. So thank you both for joining us and to our audience. We uh, look forward to having you join us on the very next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of 
reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.